Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Believe in UCLA football podcast. We'll be here with a new episode for you right after this quick note. It's playoff time and the usual suspects are headed to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for your football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade, Bet Online is your number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get into all the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. And as always, I'm joined here by former UCLA linebacker Josh Woods. Josh, uh, there's been some things kind of going on today. What, what, uh, What's up? I mean, I think everybody knows what's <laughs> going on, what time it is, yeah. and what we're here to discuss. After all the speculation, after all the rumors... Today it finally happened. Chip Kelly has mm-hmm. left UCLA football program to be the offensive coordinator for Ohio State. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been kind of wild. So obviously the last couple of days, I've been waiting for this. They every time there was a point in time where I was like, oh, he's going to the Raiders, he's going to the Commanders, and then those positions got filled. Now like, okay, I can chill again. It's all over. He's coming back. You know, you got Jerry Newheisel gets a promotion to passing game coordinator. Tim Drevno, the offensive line coach, gets a promotion to running game coordinator. And then you had Cody Whitfield get named the special teams coordinator along with his duties as the cornerbacks coach. So I'm like, oh, he's staying. There's no no problems here. And then, you know, I, I started writing. It looks like he's staying, yada, yada, yada. And then the report comes out that, oh, Ohio State's opening up because Bill Bryan is going to take the Boston College job. Uh, he may also be in play for uh, for the Seattle Seahawks still. And then so I'm setting my alarm for a couple different times in the morning, right? I had it for like 9 a.m., 10 a.m., and like 9.30. And you know how I am. I'm not a morning person. So I had to set my alarm so I can turn it off on my phone and then look at my phone, see if anything happened. If not, I went back to sleep. And then... Once it finally happened, it happened at like 10 a.m. And I've been I've had Chip Kelly on my mind ever since 10 a.m. this morning, because that's all I've done is written about this man all day. Um, But wow. Yeah. yeah. That was probably the craziest statement. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. That's what happened. So anyways, as someone who spent more time with Chip Kelly than I have and has spent a number of days with him. You've been there with him. Um, he was your coach. You were there before he got there. I mean, just tell me what was going through your mind as, as all this kind of happened. Um, and then I, we'll get into a little bit of the, of the advice you would have for former player, for current players. But where were you at? How did you you find out about Chip uh, heading out? And just kind of what what is your overall reaction to the news? I mean, I just seen – I just seen – Kane Madrano tweet and I was like, you don't just randomly tweet that. Mm-hmm. With the with the uh mind the mind blown. blown. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I seen that and then I think I seen um one of the running backs or something. Yeah. Tweeted, two, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
tweeted for Coach Foster to be the head coach. So I was like, okay, they know. Like, mm-hmm. Chip must be out. You don't go on Twitter tweeting about a new coach if you still have a head coach. So I was like, oh, they must have been told today, and the, the news will come out. And then shortly after, it was. Yeah, it it came out, and um, it was just wild because you saw the tweets – and I start trying to check in with people like, yo, what's going on? What's happening? Yada, yada, yada. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, yeah, everyone just started like it just started coming out that he was gone. Um, apparently, he was very emotional during the during the meeting, during the conversation he had with them. Um, he did. He was on campus. He went. He talked to them. Um, he I guess he didn't tell them where he was going at first, um, but he did tell him he was leaving. So once that happened. <laughs> They going, I mean, they found out soon enough, and they will see him <laughs> soon enough. They found out soon enough. It did become official Friday evening that he's going to not only be the offensive coordinator, but he's going to be the quarterbacks coach there at Ohio State. But did you get any flashbacks come to mind for you? Obviously, maybe it was a little bit of a different situation with Jim Mora, um, and uh, and then obviously with Chip Kelly coming in. But like, any flashbacks for you, or, or any any of it seems similar to what kind of happened? Uh, while you were there? I mean, those conversations are definitely awkward, but you know what time it is mm-hmm. when, when you get notified that you have a team meeting um, and the AD's there. And, yeah, it was definitely, I mean, different circumstances. It's kind of um, mm-hmm. for Chip to be emotional is kind of surprising, I would say, seeing as mm-hmm. though, like, he's choosing to leave and he was – you know, going on interviews. So it was kind of clear that he wanted to, you know, that's why it's like him being emotional is kind of, uh, I don't say out of character, but like for the situation, for what the situation is, him being emotional is, is kind of strange. Yeah. Cause it's like, if you want to leave, you're not going to be, you know, <laughs> like if you're forced to leave, if that was the case where he's being like, mm-hmm. he was told to leave. Then I would understand, you know, if you get fired, okay, you're emotional because you have attachment to the program and the kids. I don't know if him and Martin Jarman had a situation where he was told to you like you should baby move on, and like there were some interviews going on behind the scenes of him, you know, having a replacement, and this was the method they did it instead of Chip getting fired, and um, that was a situation. I've already started seeing conspiracies on Twitter of. <laughs> Of people saying they think it's going to happen or they know who's going to get hired. and um, Oh, Lord. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, those conversations are definitely awkward. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, for Morris, it was like it was Morris' birthday. He came in like we had a like an emergency text message that we had a team meeting. Um, Morris shows up, says, you know, he loves us. And it's unfortunate that he's getting fired as the business. Then as soon as he leaves. Um, Guerrero comes in at the time, AD, and tells us, like, yeah, we're going to search for a new coach. And I imagine this was kind of similar. They probably got a text or they're about to maybe even work out or just finish working out. And um, probably they got told we're going to have a team meeting. Um, Chip's probably in there telling them, like you said, I guess emotional, telling them that he's leaving. Mm -hmm. Um, He probably left. And then Martin probably, you know, came and started talking to the team about what's the next step. Hey, everybody, just wanted to take a quick break to remind you guys that the football season is right around the corner. And when you're headed out to the Rose Bowl, what better shirt to wear than a Believe in UCLA football podcast shirt? 
By doing that, you're going out, you're going to the game, you're supporting your team, and you're supporting your favorite podcast at the same time. Some of the proceeds go back to the podcast and help support the content and the different things that we have planned going forward. So what better way to, again, support your team and your favorite podcast than by picking up the shirts? Now, where can you find these shirts? They're available at the Believe Network store. And we made it very easy for you. Scroll down on this podcast. Check out the description. I got two links there for you for two different shirts. Make sure you check them out. Find the one that's right for you. And hopefully I see you wearing them out at the game. I'd love to see you wear them. I guess I'll go straight into what my advice would be to the guys mm-hmm. that are on the program currently. And um, I think it's do what's best for you. Uh for for I think for us the more kids, it definitely united us and made us closer. Because um, usually when you have a new staff that comes in, they look to see you know who the leaders are, who the guys are. But at the same time, um, they usually come and bring their own guys in, and you you just never know how things are gonna turn out your situation. And things might change, you know, schemes might change, and that type of thing. Um, but I wouldn't just immediately jump ship. Uh, for me. You know, I, I kind of I, – I ultimately decided to stay. I'm, I was coming off of a shoulder surgery, and um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I know I could hop in the portal. At the time, the portal was new, so it's kind of like a don't know what's going to happen, but like I know other teams would be interested, and I'll have somewhere to, to go. But um, Coach Pelham ultimately got the linebacker job, and um, it's a familiar face, and I was familiar with him and what he stands for and the person he was, so – that ultimately um, got me to to stay. Um, but for, yeah, the guys currently, I would just, you know, I seen Martin say, like, give to the, to the players, like, give it like 96 hours, you know, for right. the probably the next coach to be in, which is really fast for a coaching search um, at this point. But, um, yeah, I would I would definitely wait and wait all your options, see who comes in, see the situation. Um, because one thing that like people don't understand or like are aren't looking at from the perspective of we don't not having the best recruiting class in that it's like as a player, it's your opportunity to step up and be a guy like you have even even if players are looking like dang you say doesn't have much you could come and be a guy like immediately mm-hmm. right so I mean all those things factoring in like I said give it a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of interesting. You kind of mentioned it there um, when I guess Chip came in, said what he had to say, and I guess then he he left. Well, I guess he called Martin in the morning and he had, and had told him that he was going to leave. And I guess they end up telling the players shortly after. Um, and I guess and so we did talk to Martin Jarman. The media was able to talk to him for about 15 minutes, um, a couple hours after the whole announcement kind of came out um martin had said that he did give him 96 hours which i kind of did some quick math on um i I looked it up on online what 96 hours was from that point in time and it was kind of like somewhere around like tuesday at noon so if he stays true to what the 96 hours is by tuesday at noon they should have a new coach announced that's a a crazy number to say too like it's a random number to say but like not even like like he already no no no, that that's why i kind of understand why people are you know skeptical on on the you know 
what's going on the conspiracies because you say give me 96 hours and it comes out to tuesday at noon yeah. you probably have something lined up because you would be like give us a give us you know a few days might maybe like give us a week like to sort <laughs> sort something out but you say give me 96 hours and it lines up to a time they're like okay it might be a press conference like already set up for for tuesday at 12. So yeah. that is kind of sus. So, um, well, so the one thing I'll say to that is when DeBoer left Washington and then Jed went to left Arizona to go to Washington, the Arizona AD said, give me 48 hours. So he did his in 48 hours, which is, <laughs> which is even crazier. So I thought 96 hours, I was like, okay, that's, it's not 48 hours, but it's also random as heck. I was like, I don't, I don't, but see, but the thing is, so Martin also said, he said, this was not, we were not caught off guard. He said, we were not caught off guard. We were prepared and ready for this. So as soon as the call happened, it didn't, I'm, he, I mean, he, he was, was taking, he was taking interviews. So come on. Like, I, yeah. Well that, yeah. So that's the thing. So what else is Martin supposed to do? Um, that doesn't mean he already started interviewing people or had it like figured out, but he had to have had a short list. Like he had to have um, names that he wants. And again, maybe that's why, you know, you saw some of the departures that had happened, right? Maybe things they kind of knew that chip was out. Martin had to have known chip was out. If others knew that chip was going to be out. Right. So, you know, after, as soon as I saw Foster leave for the, players, I was like, Oh, chip's gone. But I thought at the time that, chip was going to the nfl at that time so uh it's just it's all crazy how it kind of played out but martin um just his the vibe he had on the on the zoom call with us for the media i don't want to say he looked stressed but he didn't look you know it's kind of you're going through a coaching he didn't series, look so. like he regular yeah regularly is yeah no he would no, he did not look like the regular martin jarman there was no smile uh, some of the energy's gone, you know, but I mean, you, rightfully so. I mean, you can't be totally excited about everything that's going on. I do want to read a quote real quick that Martin Jarman said when he was asked about kind of the timing of it, because this is very kind of bad timing uh, with a lot of the coaching moves already being made. Um, now UCLA's. I was, yeah, I was going to talk about that when you asked me how I really feel about mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, well, well, we can get to that in a minute. But I so after I, I say his quote here, then you can go ahead and follow up with, with what you're going to say to that. But uh, Martin said, timing is a challenge. I'll be honest. Timing is a challenge. But anytime you go through a coach, coaching change or a search, there's never a good time. That's life. So we aren't going to focus on that. We're going to focus on doing what we need to do to get the next leader of this program. So... Yeah, he announced some guys, some guys and girls who are going to be kind of helping him as the executive team for this search. Um, you know, and he said he he and he just kind of expressed like some confidence when talking to us and just said, "Hey, we know what we're we're going to do well in this search." And he said, "You know, we know that we're the only ones currently looking for a head coach at the moment, but there there was confidence there that they're going to get it done." Which again maybe leads into what you're saying of hey, maybe they have an idea of. Um, who it might be, but but when you hear about the timing, you kind of mentioned it there. What are your what are your thoughts on just the timing of it all? I mean, it it goes back to I feel like Chip kind of won. You know, Chip. This is I say he 
say he was I mean like the relationship is is him and him and UCLA like it if your girl starts telling you like you need like we you know you suck we don't like you you're not doing x y and z it's right. con- continued and like that's just not you and like mm-hmm. she doesn't understand what you're going through in such situation that was UCLA fans and, and UCLA <laughs> and the donors they're just telling Chip everything you know mm-hmm. all this and all that and he's getting threatened to get broken up with I feel yeah. like when you're just getting threatened to, to you know broken up with it's like Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. I guess I'm. I have to start looking around because it's like, <laughs> if you break up with me, I'm not gonna just just you know have nobody. So he started right. going on on his interviews, and uh, you know, yep. And I think at that point, like, he he, you know, he's like, I'm not. You're not gonna break up with me, so I'm gonna take my time. I'm gonna do what's best for me and what I want, and that's what he did. And in that process he eliminated all the other candidates that she could get with. Like (laughs) he's seen all those other, other guys go with different people. So, I mean, yeah, literally everybody that, that the fans wanted and you were seeing those names on Twitter early, they Mm -hmm. all got different jobs. The board, when the board went to Alabama and then everybody wanted fish, fish goes to UW. People wanted coach Brandon Coach Brandon goes to Arizona. They wanted Jonathan Uh, Smith. He went to Michigan State. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. John Smith, Coach Coach Ken, uh, now is San Jose, even if, if yep. they wanted him. And mm-hmm. um, that's why Chip, Chip ultimately won. He is able now to go and only have to worry about the offense, the quarterback room, which is very small. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Five, <laughs> six, six guys max. Right. He probably only has to recruit a quarterback doesn't have to recruit like that <laughs> like so recruiting right. out nil he doesn't have to worry about mm-hmm. he doesn't have to worry about running all the meetings and and all the stuff that the pay is probably similar mm-hmm. uh similar to what he was already getting um and he's going to he's still going to the big 10 and he's going to a situation that's more set up and he could be the reason that takes Ohio State over the hump of beating Michigan. And it's just like Imagine. Everything everything is perfect for him. It's all compatible. It's all he won. Mm-hmm. He got he got the girl he wanted and left his ex in the in like in shambles trying to scatter and, and figure out life without him. And then the you know, he's gonna look back like, dang, we had something good. And we just couldn't figure it out. And I and and like to go back to, um, I feel like we got finesse, but at the same time, it's like when they let Mora go, which as players we didn't think he should have been let go, and then even after that, we wanted we as players we wanted Coach Fish, and we were hearing like they're gonna make a big hire, like a big name, like a big name, and we like as players like. That sounds cool, but like we already know what Fish can do. We already know what Fish as a guy, like what he, you know, we liked our trajectory of how we were. Like we just know that we needed to tighten things up on defense and we would have been like a, a good team. Um, so then when they brought in Chip, like it was like back to square one, you know what I'm saying? Right. And like the rebuild, which was like a grind and a process when I feel like if we would have kept Fish, we would have been up, keep going. So, like, guys like me and the older guys of the more kids, like, we got screwed because we had to go through a rebuild instead of staying the trajectory <laughs> that we were at. So, right. going through all the rebuild, all the 
the days of punishment and like not punishment like for like you know what I'm saying like it was like when you start a new program or something you kind of like there's punishments to weed guys out like there's more strict rules and guidelines and you know all the things because they want to see what guys are about and what guys bring to the program and what guys are serious about this right so we had you know harder hard training and all this strict stuff and like we went through the grind and we weren't winning games and i went out i like in my time with chip we only won seven games total and like we went through all of that for there to be no pac-12 championship no rose bowl one bowl game win so it's like ultimately everything happened for no re- like everything we did was for nothing it was kind of it's it was, it was, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, that's, yeah. that's the disappointment of like, we went through all that and we seen, and everything was, everything was built for Dorian's fourth and fifth year for UCLA to succeed. And they, that's mm-hmm. when they, if they win a Pac-12 championship and potentially a Rose Bowl, maybe like everything is different and it didn't happen. But it's like that, the circumstances and everything, that's what I'm saying. It, it was disappointment and it was almost all for nothing at this point. And now we're back to square one. But the, I feel like the difference between this square one and last square one was the talent that we carried over from the la- the end of Moore's era and mm-hmm. having nationally ranked classes in the in the top fifteen every year, having you know the five stars we had, the four stars we had, um, you know guys that had been uh, starting and ready to take on big roles in the program, the leaders that we had built. A lot of that that we that we took into the beginning of Chip's era, I don't really know if it's there right now with the guys, you know, all the guys leaving the program that like like we talked about before with a lot to like all the, you know, Darius Masao, like all the, the senior guys leaving the program. Um, I think whoever comes into this next wave is going to be rough going into the Big Ten, um, not having the 86 ranked recruiting class having yeah 18th in the big 10 r- ranked recruiting class it's last that's behind rutgers <laughs> yeah so you're telling me that, that rutgers can recruit better kids mm-hmm. than ucla one of the biggest brands in the world it, i'm just like it's disappointing like i don't know what's gonna happen and i think it's gonna be a process and I think usually fans need to understand, like, at this point, like, all you people that want a chip gone, you better support NIL. You better support whoever comes in. And you can't be mad at at, at the record for the next two, two, two years, probably. I would say, like, it'll take at least two years to probably turn around the program to um, maybe even the the record and stuff that, you know, that we had this year. Um, yeah. Kind of similar to what I feel like Dion's doing with Colorado. Mm-hmm. I think this year they're set up to, you know, compete at a higher level. Um, but you've seen last year, I mean, what what was happening? Like they still only won what four games, if or something like that. Yeah, like four or five. Yeah, and Anything. he pretty much had to do what I'm saying is about to get done to to this team. It's and it, it's at a we're, like I said, we're at a later time. It's already the second sign they already passed. So at this point, I don't know yeah. who else. Is, if you can get some transfers, but I think I mean, might got to get a lot of JUCO JUCO players going into this next season. 
Well, the the one thing that he has going for him is that the one thing that he has going for him is there's still going to be a second transfer portal window, which will allow guys to come in. Ideally, if you get a guy from another program, um, we'll get into some names here in a minute of some potential candidates, but um, maybe you get some other guys from those, from those programs enter the portal and follow that coach, right? Especially if it's a head coach, maybe you'll see some of that. Um, <clears throat> again, it's a little harder to do because the academic requirement and whatnot. So that might make things a little tough. Um, but the, the one thing that unlike with York, even though you guys had a lot of guys leave when chip came in, this is a situation where there's a 30 day window and anybody can leave. So you went from having, from knowing J. Michael Sturdivant was coming back. You had Ethan Garber say he was coming back. You had Kane Madrano coming back. You had guys that you knew were coming back. Jay Toya looked like he was coming back, right? And now there's a free pass for everyone to leave over the next 30 days and at least enter their name in the portal. All of those guys could be gone. I don't know if every single one of them will be gone, and a lot of it will depend, but they have that 30-day window to at least take advantage of. Um, so – if UCLA, they're going to have to start recruiting pretty hard in that transfer portal, however they are able to do that or whoever's left in the transfer portal. Um, but I think I, – I don't know if there really are any advantages to it happening now. Um, yeah, it's it's um, it's a crazy, crazy situation. I'm just trying to think of anything else. Um, I can rattle off a couple names, and I'd love to get your reaction to some of them here as we get through because I know that was something – uh, some of the fans had asked for, they wanted to know who some of your candidates were. So I can read off a couple of them, maybe give you a little little bit of what I know about each one. And then um, you can stop me if there's anybody who stands out to you. Sound good? Mm-hmm. All right. So the first, one of the first candidates that I think UCLA should strongly consider so well, these are your first, these are your candidates or these are these, these, these are like these are my candidates, but these are also candidates that I've heard the fans talk about and that are just kind of out there from other multiple uh, outlets as well and stuff. Right. So it's kind of a just a general list. Right. But so some of the so first of all, when we were talking to Martin, Martin had said that that he wanted someone with CEO qualities. Right. Someone who's going to understand the new college football landscape is willing to build relationships with donors who's going to be willing to recruit and is going to be willing to navigate and have a understanding and an acknowledgement of what the NIL situation is going to be. Right. Um, and just to have all that kind of stuff. And, and, and someone who's going to be passionate that wants to be a Bruin, uh, Martin said, um, and all that good stuff. Right. But then he said that one of the things that he said, the players told him they want, as far as a quality in their next head coach is someone that is relatable to them both on and off the field, right? So to me, that automatically says someone Shea. who's younger, not Shay Pitts. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I said Shade. Oh, Shade. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shade. I thought, I thought you said like Shade that Pitts. Was, yeah, that was, that was a jab. No, yeah. Well, I mean, all of it, all of what Martin was saying, I don't know if it was intended to be a jab. Maybe it could have been. But when he said donor relations, NIL, um, willing to recruit, um, and then obviously, you know, someone who wants to be a Bruin and, and all that stuff. I was like, ooh, I was like, that's kind of juicy. Um, and then so and then, yeah, when he when they when the player said um, someone who who's relatable to them and that they're like. It, I think they even I don't have the quote in front of me, but it said like even someone that they can just talk to. Right. Like in 
And I was like, mm, okay, kind of interesting. So maybe there was something there. So some candidates that I have, the first one, um, and these are in no particular order, um, but Deanton Lynn, I think, has to be on that list. You talk about someone who's young, someone who who can have the passion, someone who helped. Like, they already know what he can do in a sense. Maybe not completely, but he'll have a familiarity with the guys. Um, part of me would say, oh, he's going to be someone who's going to keep a lot of this roster intact. But at the same time, Josh, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know if he would if he does get the job because they've already seen him leave once. What are your thoughts on DeAnton Lynn possibly? And as a player, if you were to see him have – if he had already left you once – after one year, would there, would you be willing to accept him as your coach? Let alone he went to USC. But would you be willing to take DeAnton Lynn as your coach? I mean, it was a I top know, defense, Josh. It was he, a top he just take, the type of guy that he seems to be is just like he understands like how the process works of like working your way up. Mm-hmm. Like the you know, the ladder of trying to be, and I imagine he wants to be a head coach. It makes he sense wants to for be in the NFL come. potentially. Yeah, it makes sense for him to, um, to take it, and especially because he was the money that that was one of if the money was the factor that he said came into mm-hmm. him going to SD because he could double his money as a head coach of the Bruins. It, his salary that got doubled would double again at least to be the head coach. That's um, why I think he would come back. So that would get him to come back. Yeah, like you said, the player situation and saying that he took two of our DBs to SC is um, that would be wild because I don't know if they can just come back either. Like, no, no probably not. No, I I don't think he'd. I don't know. I don't think he would do it in this off season. Like, I don't think. I think it's too fast to just hop right back over and like everything be cool. It would definitely be awkward for the players. Um, and then it's like, as a player, you don't want, you want something consistency. You like, if you're going to be there for three, four years, you want, you don't want to have to, you know, get a new coach, a new system every year. You want right. some consistency at the time. Like you want culture and tradition and, you know, that whole thing you want, you want that your entire time at whatever school you are. So I don't think, I, I don't think he's. In top five right now. Okay. You don't think he's in the top five? Yeah. I think the only thing not that would be a knock on him is. Um, he just left. You know, well, yeah. If he has one or two good seasons, the NFL comes calling and he's going to go. Because, again, that's more oh, money. Yeah, he's he's a, and that's back. what I'm saying. Yeah. He's known to jump around and, like, you know, he mm-hmm. wants where he wants to get to. So, it's like, you know, you're not going to have a long-term solution. Right. Yeah. It's going to be kind of year to year with him. So, definitely. Um, and like you said, someone who understands uh, how to move up. I mean, his father was the former Chargers coach, Anthony Lynn. So he knows how the coaching kind of cycle and stuff works. So he 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 gets it. So just a name to keep out there. Another name that a lot of fans are throwing out there. A lot of people are throwing out there. Tony White. I don't know if you're familiar with Tony White at all, but he's a UCLA alum. Um, he's currently the um, associate head coach and the defensive coordinator at Nebraska. He's going to be entering Well, this. He had, he spent just one year. So much like Danton Lynn had only been um, at his current place for one year. Um, so if he leaves, he would only have been at Nebraska for one year. He was previously um, at Syracuse, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, fun 
well, maybe not fun, but interesting note. Um, they UCLA wasn't in the mix for very few was in, the, was only in the mix for like one or two guys on this last signing day period earlier this week. Um, one of them was an edge rusher from Arizona and it came down to Nebraska and UCLA and the kid chose Nebraska. And part of that, but part of that to his credit from what he, I guess he told a reporter out, out there for Nebraska was all the stuff in the news about Chip Kelly kept him away. Cause I, he said he like, he wanted to go to UCLA, but the stuff about Chip kind of turned him away from it. So he ends up going to Tony white. Now I think Tony white um, is a strong candidate I mean, and that's just kind of us in the media talking. That's just the fans talking. Will Martin Jarman actually reach out or will Tony White actually reach out and inquire about the job? Kind of remains to be seen, but I think he's probably a top three contender. Um, I guess apparently he was someone that was um, highly sought after in the, the kind of the coaching cycle carousel at some point early on this offseason, but decided to stay at Nebraska. But now that your alma mater is open, uh, maybe he considers that. Are you familiar with Tony White at all? Does that um, ring a bell? I think he was a former. I think he was a linebacker as well. Um, I've heard the name, but I'm not, yeah. you know, super familiar. Um, mm-hmm. But if I mean, I, if in, he can, if he if he can recruit, like it sounds like if he can recruit kids, relate to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I mean the biggest thing for whoever comes in, like like Martin has said though, like nil and. And like the CEO thing of knowing how to run a bit because it's like it's bigger than just mm-hmm. the X's and O's of football now. Like you need to right. be able to recruit. So understanding the transfer portal, understanding NIL and and yeah, relating to, to kids and, and what they want these days are gonna be the biggest things because UCLA needs to get back to having a top fifteen recruiting class every year. There's there's no reason why, you mm-hmm. know, UCLA football shouldn't be up there every year with we're in LA. We're one of the biggest brands in the world. One of the most sought after universities for regular students. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why, why are we not getting people that were like, I, th- I feel like earlier on, like before NIL and, and um, you know, in my recruiting process and the classes before me, it was like people like wanted to come to UCLA so bad. Like people were getting turned around from, turned away from from coming to UCLA. <clears throat> like, if you were a top whatever recruit, like UCLA was usually in your top 10. Right. And you would see it on every on every signing day that, like, UCLA mm-hmm. was somewhere in the mix, you know? I don't even and see it, I don't even see UCLA on a graphic anymore. There will be 50 schools on the graphic, and UCLA is not one of them. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, we got to – there's some things that, that need to be, you know – change especially being in the big 10 if we want to compete um real quick side note i was on the twitter spaces today with some of the fans of of the ucla obviously and i think they said joe mixon the guy who's the running back with the Bengals, who was at um oklahoma oklahoma i guess did, did he not i think someone said that he had ucla in his in his like his top five or something do you know anything about that i don't remember what year he was he's a uh, class ahead of me I think, but at the time, there's so many people that have come on official visits, like, <laughs> yeah. or like had UCLA like was really considering. Like, mm-hmm. I remember, uh, like one of the, one of the one of the games I came to, um, 
like Josh Rose introduced him to Christian Kirk while Christian Kirk was on his official. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, like on my official, it was me, Roquan Smith, and Keyshawn Lucia Taub. So like, if you look back, like there's a lot of guys that like had you right. were going were coming for UCLA officials and like had us to the end, like in their top five. Like a lot, yeah, a lot of the top guys, a lot of NFL talent, and it's I see, like, I see, uh, Bijan <laughs> Robinson, uh, it's probably like when Chip had first started coming around, Bijan Robinson took an really? official or unofficial UCLA. Like, there's pictures of him, uh, you know, taking taking pictures in the uniform. In the uniform, really? I haven't seen that. Okay, interesting. I'll have to go and look for that. Um, before before we get to this next alumni, actually, real quick, I meant to ask you this earlier. Are you able to share? Is there any sort of pulse of what the what the alumni are saying? Some of your former teammates, like, what are the guy? What are the guys saying? Like, are, are you hearing back from anybody? What What is the group chat like? I'm assuming there's a group chat in the in the in the alum chat. I mean, guys are guys are kind of upset with um, the state of the, the program right now, as far as. Like I said, we don't know what's going on, and um, I know a lot of guys are trying to reach out to Martin Jarman and 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 try to do things to help out. Uh, I would say the majority of the alum are, are behind Deshaun Foster to get the, the head coach position, um, and yeah, like they majority of the alum is supporting Coach Foster to get. So I don't know what's going to happen, but that's definitely the energy that is going on behind the scenes and. Um, yeah, kind of upset with the situation with Martin and, and all that. And everybody just wants UCLA to be great again, like wants to um, be able to compete for championships, be able to, you know, have winning seasons, go to big bowl games, win, like, and trying to, I think everybody's trying to figure out where they can help out now and, like, contribute. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that shakes out. Gotcha. And since you mentioned Foster, he was next on the list, a former All-American running back and also a Tustin alum. Did go to UCLA. He's been on the coaching staff since 2017. Was at Texas Tech for a year or so, and then I think he had started as a student assistant at UCLA, but did come back in 2017 and has been there ever since. Has helped develop running backs, especially one in each of the last four years of the NFL draft, um, or go, into the, go and be drafted in the NFL draft. Uh, he had left. He had just left earlier this month and took a job with the Las Vegas Raiders as the running back coach. There reunites with Britton Brown, one of those four running backs that I mentioned that was drafted um, here in the last four years. But um, one of the things I said is there was kind of there have been some former players that or some current players on the roster. A lot of the running backs that Deshaun Foster helped recruit and was responsible for um, that were showing their support out there for Deshaun Foster. So we'll see what happens with Foster, if they're able to bring him back um, or what the situation is there. It remains to be seen, but um, um, let me get like two, I'll get like two more names in here real quick. um, And then we'll get to some questions from those who sent us in some questions on Twitter before we kind of wrap things up. Uh, One for me real quick, David Shaw, obviously maybe not a, maybe not necessarily an younger guy, but a guy with uh, some head coaching experience, someone I have as a long shot to get the job, but he is familiar with the program. He has been going there um, and I've seen him at, at in the parking lot, getting ready to walk into the LA bowl game against Boise state. I saw him go in inside of, uh, the gate for practice. He was there at practice on campus. Um, his son Carter 
um, Carter Shaw uh, walked on as a receiver this past season. Uh, so he's there. So there's a little familiarity there with, with David Shaw and Westwood. Uh, Shaw did interview for both uh, head coaching jobs with the Chargers and the Titans. So clearly maybe trying to get back in into the coaching uh, the coaching ranks here, but uh, just a name I wanted to throw out there. Um, and then Akaika Malloy, the current defensive coordinator who took over after Deanton Lynn left. Um, he was just elevated early in July after spending the past two seasons as the defensive line coach. Um, and then he helped rally the Bruins and put together a strong third quarter there uh, to win the LA Bowl, as I mentioned. Um, he is 49 years old. Um, but I, uh, as I was kind of listening to these guys and, you know, maybe they're not on the younger end, but there's some qualities to them that they can, that can relate back to, um, the current roster or the younger generation of guys. And it made me think of our conversation with Carl Jones. Uh, when I asked him, what are they getting in a defensive coordinator as, as Malloy, as a defensive coordinator. And he says, someone who's passionate, someone who has that energy and, Obviously, a guy who knows a, a thing or two of bringing some guys in was help uh, was responsible for helping bring Latu in and whatnot. So I think Akaika Malloy has to at least be considered. Um, and again, if if they bring in DeAnton Lynn, if they bring in uh, Tony White, some of these other defensive minded guys, I think it's a that's a tough that's a tough draw there for Malloy if if he's not uh, coaching the defense next year. So um, some other names: PJ Fleck, the current Minnesota coach. Um, Eric Bieniemy, who is a former offensive coordinator for the Chiefs and was recently with the Commanders uh, before they let go of head coach Ron Rivera, um, was a running backs coach and a recruiting coordinator back in the day uh, from 2003 to 2005 at UCLA. So has some ties to UCLA, did play at Bishop Almont, so he's a local guy. Uh, Brennan Marion is another guy, the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach for UNLV. Um, I guess he's been held in high regard. Um, as, as one of the top assistants in college football and also someone who's pretty innovative on offense. So an offensive name there. I also have Chris Peterson on the list, who was the former Washington coach, um, is from Northern California, works for Fox Sports, which I believe they kind of, you know, film or they record stuff in L.A. So I think he's in L.A., but um, just a guy who would be familiar with um, with the call with the California um, recruiting scene as someone who was recruiting California when he was at Boise State and at Washington. So um, just a couple of names to throw out there. There's probably a few others that I didn't mention, but just wanted to run through that list real quick. Um, anyone else real quick there that I mentioned or it, anyone come to mind to you come to mind for you that I may have missed? Um, I would say, I mean, of course, who I think. And who I want to be the next head coach is Deshaun Foster. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> nobody, I feel like, cares for the program or the kids more than him. I think there's a reason why he stuck around as long as he did because he's one of the best running back coaches in the country. He definitely could have left if he wanted to, I think, for a while. And I believe the only reason that he was around was to try to be the head coach. And maybe that's why he went to the Raiders because um, he wasn't appointed the opportunity. Um mm -hmm. And like I said, one of the best recruiting wise, he's all the all the things that that Martin mentioned. He's that, um, mm -hmm. and he's he's all those things relates relates to the kids. I don't know the players want him. Um, understands the portal and the, he's real with that. I mean, he was in the league, so he understands the business um, and how free agency and all that type of stuff works because that's ultimately what it, what it's turned into. Um, 
NIL, like he's his name is big with donors. Pretty much everybody mm-hmm. knows him, you know, yeah. for what he's been able to do. Uh, he's just put in the while, UCLA while, Hall of Fame recently. Exactly. And his ties and his connections are big. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point he was our player development guy. So, he, I mean, his ties are big just, you know, in L.A. in general and across, you know, the league professionally. He's, I mean, he's done so much. And um, I think one of the biggest things that Martin can do is listen to the players as far as who they want. And there's mm-hmm. a reason why his name is being um, circulated about the players. I mean, current and past. And yeah. while a lot of guys came to UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly he was the bright spot and the most successful in Chip's run and in, in these, you know, past few years. So um, Coach Foster has my my vote and, you know, hopefully something's been able to work out. But, I mean, I'm – I'm supportive of whoever gets it as a UCLA alum and fan. Um, and a name that I think wasn't mentioned, but I think should be taken into consideration is Ken Norton Jr. Um, his experience and, um, you know, come from the league. He understands how that works. And um, from what I've heard from the guys that, that are in his room um, and have worked alongside, like he's a great guy. Um, they love the energy that he brings. Um so I, I think that's a that's a name that should also be in consideration or else um, if they want to be different. I don't, I don't think the big name draw is, is ultimately the answer. I think it's um, what's going to be is, is, you know, either somebody, somebody young and, you know, relatable and mm-hmm. understands how it is currently. I don't think somebody coming in and bringing old tradition is going to help. Um, UCLA football because we don't, you know, we don't have the infrastructure of a uh, Alabama or uh, you know one of those type programs where right. everything is kind of already set up, mm-hmm. you know, and and they're you're gonna get the top guys or the top, uh, you know, booster your booster club can buy any kid, you know, type situation. Um, it's gonna take some work. So whoever comes in has to, you know. Definitely want to stick around. And definitely want to build something up and understand what it means to be a Bruin. So, um, if, if he doesn't, if if Martin doesn't, I mean, have a guy ready. That's definitely, I feel like, what he needs to think about. But I mean, I guess we'll see. It in, I mean, how many hours is it? It's probably about. Yeah, I mean, under under ninety down. hours now. Yeah, definitely under ninety hours. Um, but yeah, let's hit some of these questions here real quick. Um, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I have our Twitter handles there in, in the description um, of this podcast episode. Um, we'll start with a question from Chris Gorham. Um, he wanted to ask you, how do, how do you think the players feel right now? We kind of talked about it right now, uh, earlier as we started the episode. Um, but kind of what was kind of going through your mind as things were happening? Do you feel a little betrayed or... Um, you know, would you be I mean, feeling as, a betrayed or anything along those lines? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I would say, but in a way betrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, it's kind of what the program kind of gets for allowing it to come to this. Mm-hmm. As far as if you knew that he was leaving, not being more aggressive earlier um, and or not firing him when there was – previous moments where that was come has come up and to keep him you imagine that he'd stay but as soon as you know that he had interest of leaving and was taking interviews you should have known then that you know 
it's time it's time to make a change um and like yeah like i said having all the the main suitors gone i think Mm -hmm. is the thing that kind of bothered me the most uh no doubt about it um so we did have some questions from chris jack Jesse and Travis, and then also Captain Insano. Um, I'm not going to get to everyone's question just because we kind of answered some of them, but I wanted to give all those folks a shout out. Um, but I do want to get to Travis's question. He says, Josh, you've been on both sides of, of this kind of situation. Would you rather, ha- would you recommend UCLA hire a Mora type who was younger, full of piss and vinegar and fire, or would you rather have a more reserved coach like Chip? Um, and then he said, what do you think would benefit UCLA right now? Maybe more of an offensive coach or a defensive coach. So let's just start. Would you want um, someone like Chip or someone like Mora? Not that you're specifically saying which one of those two is better for you, but um, just for what you need right now for UCLA and, and this current kind of landscape, who do you think, uh, whose mold do you think would fit better for what UCLA may need here? A little bit of everything. I mean, I think you need that that young fire um, mm-hmm. that Mora had, along with the 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 structure and the um, I think this the innovative, you know, styles of of Coach Kelly, mm-hmm. and I mean the things that we, we've already kind of named the checklist of things that they need to have. It's like you have to be understanding of NIL and what's going on in this landscape. That's that's like number one. And then number two is the players being able to relate to them and understand them in the in like the players saying like being able to have conversations with them, being able being open to um just how kids are these days. I mean, mm-hmm. times have changed, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> the whole mental health, like there's a lot of other things yeah. that factor in, you know, to players' decision and how they feel comfortable with their coach of just I would say one of the things that, that I loved about Moore was his door was always open. And it's almost every day you could see somebody probably in there laying on the couch, even if Moore wasn't even in there. But it was like <laughs> that comfortability with him of, you know, being able to just go into the office and say whatever to him uh, was always cool. Um, was was Moore more of a defensive guy or an offensive guy? Defensive guy. Okay. So you kind of had some of both there. Part of me, I personally think so. The other part of Travis's question, he said, "Would you go rather with more of a defensive or offensive, a defensive coach or an offensive coach?" I, I wouldn't. I think if if you're going in with no staff and you can keep Malloy, Ken Norton Jr., Cody Whitfield, and that whole defensive staff, like your whole defensive staff is still kind of there. If you could just get someone on offense that could bring in some offensive guys. I think maybe you'd be a little bit built better for success because if you bring a Tony white in, if you bring maybe not Danton Lynn, cause maybe he'll like some of the guys he had on def- on the defensive staff there already. But if you start fresh with a defensive guy, like a Tony white, you're having to bring in all new coaches, more or less. Maybe you keep one or two, maybe you keep Norton, maybe you keep Jerry Neuheisel, but like you gotta, you gotta bring in a lot of new people. Um, but what do you think? What, what do you think they need? Offensive guy, a defensive guy, um, or does it kind of not matter in the grand scheme of things? I mean, I just want to coach that, you know, the energy and the level-headed, the decision-making, like, mm. those things are most important to me. Like, a coach that will have you wanting to run through a wall for him and, like, you know, that his job is on the line of how you're doing. You know what I'm saying? 
I almost like a coach that isn't overly involved in either. Like right. I don't want a head coach that's that's pretty much running our offense or running our defense. It mm-hmm. those things aren't like that's one of the things that, that I like um on my team currently at CFL that the head coach lets the coordinators do run it, you know what I'm saying, do what they right. do. Um he ultimately makes like the bigger decisions and, and helps manage the game, but he allows the coordinators to do their jobs um and really run it. And he doesn't, you know, overstep or anything, but he makes sure that the players are taken care of and the energy is there. And those are the biggest things I think. We need somebody that like is relatable and keeps the, you know, the mindset of the team where it needs to be. And let your coordinators bring in, and that's what I'm saying. You could bring in the young, you know, masterminds of a of a of a OC or um, mm-hmm. you know. Letting them letting them do things. So I mean, I don't really care if it's an offensive or defensive coach. Um, except I mean the reason you're saying of like how they're gonna bring in guys that could be, you know, yeah, could change uh if players want to stay or leave, that could that could definitely affect it. If you know, you bring an offensive guy, new OC and then Jerry leaves and it's like maybe that was the coach that uh, you know, some of the receivers wanted to play for. So like mm-hmm. that can that's where it can factor in. But, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, it should be interesting times for sure. Um, we'll Obviously, we'll continue talking about Chip Kelly and this coaching search. Well, maybe not with so much Chip Kelly. <laughs> maybe we'll still talk a little bit about Chip Kelly. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely continue to talk about the coaching search. Um, as always, I'll keep you guys up to date on, up to date on everything going on on Twitter. Uh, regarding the coaching search as i hear it i'll be sure to tweet it out um but yeah thanks uh for giving us your time josh i know it's the off season for you so you're you're kind of busy doing other things but um yeah we'll definitely be talking soon um and i guess uh, uh, thanks to martin jarman we'll probably end up having a podcast either on tuesday or wednesday so um anything else for the for the folks at home before we wrap things up like uh, like I said, this is what a lot of people wanted, so they need to be supportive of this process. No matter what happens next, no matter who they bring in, um, for all the people that wanted Chip gone, this is like a, your time to be supportive. We need those collectives. We need the NI like the NIL stuff needs to to go up. Regardless, we're about to go into the Big Ten, and that's the one area where fans alumni and donors can contribute to the success of this team by by giving to those collectives and help you know support the talent we have and also bring in some reinforcements all right you heard the man uh, make sure you follow what josh said and um things will be okay with this program so i personally i'm interested to see how all of this is going to happen i'm just like how, how are they going to be with the media yada 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 so i'm just thinking about all that kind of stuff but anyways Uh, For Josh and myself, thank you guys as always for tuning in and listening. And um, yeah, as always, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you, everybody. This is the Believe in UCLA football podcast presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.